0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen and people of the world, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Queer Voice, brought to you in part by therootofmanyreturns.com. I am your host, Michael Aaron Gossetis, and I have to say it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Um, This show is uh, quite some time in the making. And um, to be honest, quite perfectly honest, uh, there was a lot of hesitation and a lot of delay in actually getting a Queer Voice up and running. Um, probably by about a month, maybe a little bit more. Uh, originally, I had wanted to uh, see this out at the beginning of April. Maybe even do a joke April Fool's inaugural episode, but... April got away from me, and May is just about halfway gone as well, so I'm going to go ahead and get this broadcast, this blogcast, on the air, and in your ears, and in your mind, because that is where it will do the most good. So thank you for joining us on the inaugural episode of Queer Voice. Some of y'all are probably wondering exactly what this show is about. Um, Well, before we get into uh, the root of what this show is about, allow me to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, Not one to speak too broadly about the things that I've done in my life, but just so you have an idea of who I am um, and what I do. Um, I do consider myself a blue-collared American... Citizen. Um, By trade, uh, I am an artist and a writer. Uh, I've done uh, um, poetry and publishing and published a few books, so that would be uh, my main trade of calling, I guess you could say. And uh, I've been doing that for a long time. Um, That work, however, is neither here nor there. It doesn't really pertain to uh, the point of queer voice and uh, the message that. We, we would like to share here on this show um, other than the fact that it could have some cultural influence uh, which is always a plus when we're talking about um, ideals and ideas and the kinds of things that marinate in the souls of artists and uh, become expressed to the general population. Um, but as far as, uh, my work in the radio industry or blogcasting goes, uh, probably about, man, it must be nigh on 10 years now, almost maybe, uh, give or take, um, a year or two, maybe a few months. Um, I used to do a, um, a vlog, or sorry, pardon me, a bro- blogcast uh, podcast, um, entitled Voice of the People, um. Cliche as that title is, uh, Voice of the People was um, a show that I put on, I think, almost nightly um, during the week, and oh, it's been so long. Um, the main focus on Voice of the People was ensuring that the Voice of the People was being paid attention to, um, was being heard, because as some of you out there may know, when we're talking about uh, news and views and media that is produced by corporate entities or any moneyed entities, um, unfortunately, there's always room for some type of manipulation or some type of corruption, even if it's on the slightest. Uh, whether it's a lie of omission or whether it's, you know, uh, cutting up, uh, cutting up segments to show a perspective that's not entirely accurate, uh, these ploys are used. So um, Voice of the People was just a mainline injection of truth, or it was at least the truth that I had discovered uh, in my research and in my awakening to the way that the world works, at least to some of the way that the world works. Um, I feel that the Aperture or the crack of reasoning that I gleaned from that is probably a canyon compared to what some in the general population have an idea to what is going on in the world. If you are sitting at home thinking that everything that is presented to you through media, uh, whether it be radio, television, art, um If you believe that everything is as it is told to you, then you probably fall into that category that I'm talking about. Um, The awakened people, the awakened population out there, um, are very well aware that uh, things are not exactly the way they should be. They recognize that something smells rotten in the state of Denmark, to use that uh, well-versed cliche. But... Really, and generally speaking, the whole point of Queer Voice, and this is to piggyback on top of Voice of the People, is to present the ideas that I presented in Voice of the People, but from a different perspective. Now, Voice of the People primarily educated and reasoned and spoke on the truths regarding um, such instances like the Federal Reserve Bank In the United States of America and I talked a lot about what kind of bank that was what kind of business they did um, how they're related to other central banks throughout the world and very gratifying to know that like back in 2006 2007 2005 and 8 when many people were not aware of what a central bank was of what its functions could possibly do Because, yes, a central bank could work for an economy, I would think, or for a government. However, um, as most central banks, at least to my knowledge, are privately owned, it really does depend on the owner and how they're steering the business of that central bank. Now, here in the United States of America, our central bank is the Federal Reserve. Um, supposedly, it is a non-political entity, but unfortunately, as we've seen, or at least as we've gleaned and discerned, that is not always accurate and that is not always the truth. Um, in fact, there could be a lot of political uh, machinations uh, at work behind the decisions that the people that own the Federal Reserve make. Now, the Federal Reserve is a privately owned business. So like I said, it really just depends on how they're steering that. So I've had several friends who've talked about um, the central bank and their viewpoints on that type of economy and the type of currency that it produces. And what I can say to that is is that um, while they are adamant about its benefits, and I do understand that, you know, certain precious metals like gold and silver are finite. And that's why the idea of a fiat currency can be appealing, if not econo- economically suicidal in some instances. Um, I get it. You know, I get it. But unfortunately, that is not the way this central bank was working, as it has been slowly discovered throughout. Uh, I literally could say the decades because congressmen and senators representatives in our government um, who were savvy to what these people were doing have spoken out about it for years Uh, it goes back to the last real president um, jfk uh, john f kennedy you know, he was a president who was aware of what they were doing and how they were doing it. But unfortunately, back in the 1960s, when the media was so controlled because there were not many options, it was much easier for people pulling the strings behind that force to put the idea into the general population uh, conspiracy theorists, Uh crackpots, uh, paranoid maniacs. And it was much easier for the general populace to run with those thoughts because that was the main line that they were being fed on how this world works and the perspectives that they should have on it. Plus, you grow up learning that you trust these sources because why would they lie to you? Now, if you're a true patriot, or if you fall in line with that idea, you... Uh, you will naturally challenge and or question any authority, any government, no matter how good they are, and that's healthy. It keeps them in check, especially when you're talking about a government type like a a republic, a democratic republic, which is exactly what the United States of America is. Um, It is up to the people to keep those in power in check, and you do that not by giving them your whole 100% soul, trust, uh, because really anyone would not be smart to give anyone or anything its 100% trust unless it's your faith and your gut feeling. You know, but in another individual, unfortunately, where you can have... um, projected ideas of goodwill from other people, ultimately it is they who will decide their course of action. So you can look at it optimistically or pessimistically, clearly your choice. Um, Or you can see it just as a mute and neutral point, but that is the duality of where we existed. And as we're moving out of that duality and we're seeing that lesson, that's where we're seeing this awakening focus, Um, more and more people know what we're talking about. So, Queer Voice piggybacks on Voice of the People. It was very political, um, and it was very much so anti-establishment, which, interestingly enough, the script has now flipped, because for the better part of my life, uh, where the deep state, um, which, if you're not familiar with that phrase, the deep state is now what they would refer to as the illuminati or as um you know the shadow government um this is a band of bad actors who have gone into government at several level several levels and several layers of our uh country and keep in mind this is not being done just in the united states of america this has happened globally this plan is global um So with that in mind, um, that is what these people have done, is they've infiltrated the government and uh, they're just a group of bad actors and they need to be dealt with. So A Voice of the People talked a lot about exposing that. And the root of all of this, at least in my perspective, was the central bank because That was the number one way that these people learned to bring countries and governments to heal, because uh, I believe it was Rockefeller, um, it may have been Rothschild, who said that they care not who is, and this is paraphrasing, they care not who is the king or the president of any country. They don't care what political party is in power. The only thing that matters to these people is who controls the currency, because if you control the currency, then you can control the government. Um, and especially if it's something like a fiat currency, and if you're running, um, if you're running the type of con game that these people are, um, and let me just be very, very brief and concise about their con game. These people, decades, maybe centuries ago, figured out that they could go into business doing the banking for governments um, so as to put governments into a type of contract. They figured out that they could produce money out of thin air, which means it has no value to it um, other than the faith and goodwill that the people have in that currency, basically, and, um, They figured that they could uh, go into business making money for governments and running their economy, and then at the same time, uh, charging interest on that money that came out of nowhere. Um, It's a huge scam. Um, This is where the idea of the income tax comes in, which is another scam. In fact, the income tax is more than just a scam. The income tax is literally debt slavery. These people are saying, you have the right to work, but if you want to work, you got to pay us back. Um, the main misconception about the income tax going back decades, you could watch it on popular television maybe even like in the 70s or something like that because um, uh, the shows back then were more apt to um, have a political voice. The um, uh, the central banks and the fiat currency and what they were doing was devaluing the currency uh, – over time, um, and uh, causing it to deplete to where it would eventually self-implode. We never saw that in America, Um, at least we haven't seen that. I don't really think that we will experience Weimar Republic levels or Zimbabwe um, levels of inflation. Um, I don't think that we will see a collapse like we have seen in Venezuela, who also um, has a a central bank. I mean, in fact, central banks are in the charter of communist and socialist type of government. So that should tell you something right away. Um, The Democratic Republic of the United States of America never, ever intended to have a central bank do that. So we're talking about the enlightened people. We're talking about the people who are awake um, to these ideas. And um, so, yeah, um, Rothschilds, Rockefellers all figured that out. I think it was Rothschild who had said that quote I said earlier about uh, who controls the currency, controls the kings and the queens, controls the government, the presidents. It's Ultimately, it's true. Um that's where the idea of, I think, uh, money being the root of all evil comes from. And I just think that that was a clue, you know, where they said, like they always say, follow the receipts, follow the paper trail, follow it all the way back to where it goes to and find out who benefits from that. And you will get more of an idea or a clear picture of the story than you have just by trying to guess about it over a blog cast or something like that. So, um, queer voice, I think the caveat to this uh, podcast is that um, we'll be discussing these uh, types of topics. Um, news, views, culture, uh, world news, um, U.S. news, um, presidential news, stuff like that. But we will be covering this from a queer Latino perspective. So that is to say, yes, I am a member of that, um, I guess, that group, if you want to segregate us in such a way. But uh, being gay and Latino and leaning more towards libertarian or classical, liberal or conservative um, or independent ideas is rather unheard of. It's not as unique as it used to be. Um, but it is still something that catches people's attention, especially because the family um, in my culture of uh, homosexuality, uh, GLBTQ, um, whatever you want to call it, um, have all been fed uh, the line that if you are gay or even if you are not Caucasian, then you do not belong to a conservative idea base or a Republican base or even a Libertarian base Um, because the only ones who have ever been there for us were those who were among the Democrats. Um, I think some could even say socialists now because of the idea that everyone gets something, but we do know that socialism does typically end up in, uh, in ruin for the country that holds to it. And A lot of people will start citing uh, countries that are socialist that have done well and are still around and, you know, have not collapsed. And all I have to say to that is those are not purely socialist countries. Um, Some of them say that they are, you know, part socialist, part capitalist, you know, or they have other types of ideas that mix into that overall, but they are not pure socialists. Um, Those types... Of governments, unfortunately, tend to collapse, as we've seen in Venezuela. So I think that uh, something to look forward to, something to kind of um, keep in mind. You know, it's just time that a voice like this was heard, and that's not to say uh, people like um, Milo Yiannopoulos or Flechas um, or or any other uh, any other members of this culture who are awake and um, aware of what's going on um, don't have a voice Um, I certainly enjoy uh, hearing and seeing a lot of their spirited debates and their presentation of ideals Um, I think that they're doing a very good job of assisting with the awareness of the truths of these world and uh, we can't ask for much more really But, um, again, uh, Queer Voice is just going to be presenting those ideas to you, and I hope that you'll stick around for the journey, and that uh, you enjoy what we have to present. So, um, that is... Basically, what I had to say on this inaugural episode of Queer Voice, um, I haven't 100% panned out exactly the length of each episode. I'm kind of feeling that I'd like to keep them within 15 to 20 minutes. However, it could go longer, it could be shorter, and it will also depend on the wealth of information and news that I will have to share with the audience. I won't get into too many um, news topics for today, but I do think um, it behooves me as a queer, Latin, independent, libertarian-minded person to share with you my views on uh, some of the more uh, divisive topics um, that we are facing uh, currently in our country and I think the number one topic, especially where Latin, Mexican, whatever dissent um, that might fall into, and LGBTQ um, goes, uh, is in regards to, you know, our current commander in chief and our president and um, how we perceive and feel about that whole situation. Now, I will tell you from the jump that, I mean, as you probably deduced by my spiel on Voice of the People, um, I have been aware of a lot of these things for well into a decade now. And I I've done a lot of research, and I know that's a line that a lot of people use in this industry is I did research, and that's how I know that, you know, there's a conspiracy here. Um, But that's not what I'm talking about when I talk about research. Um, Yeah, I can do that typical, uh, you know, book – bookworm type research, which is something that, you know, in effect I do sometimes, but I really do consider the aggregate, um, which is to say all of the information coming in from everywhere at any time and uh, taking that information and uh, kind of going over it, not just kind of, but, you know, going through it, um, verifying what you need to verify, but ultimately, um, especially where someone like me is concerned, uh, your verification is going to come a lot from that gut feeling or what resonates inside your soul. Um, And that's not to get into a metaphysical or spiritual uh, perspective, because that is definitely something that I do hold for myself. Um, And then, you know, maybe in a future show, we can kind of talk about some of these things. But uh, definitely everything that we are seeing happening now, Um, especially with the masses of individuals waking up to what's going on in our country and around the world. Um, Definitely there is that type of idea fueling it. Um, A lot of people who are involved in this fight, if you want to call it that, have said that they do feel that it is a spiritual war um, and you can sense, you can feel um, the forces that um, resonate with positive energy and love and you can definitely feel the energies that resonate in um, heavier negative uh, types of vibrations. So um, as I was saying, um, this is, this is, interrelated, but we won't get too much into that unless you as an audience really do want to explore that. But I do consider it part of an enlightenment, um, the same type of energy that was um, present on the earth during the Renaissance. Um, And if you know anything about the Renaissance, um, maybe here's a fun fact that you never really put together, but during the Renaissance was also the time period that the United States declared its independence. Because they had become awakened to the idea that, no, it wasn't just that, you know, the British government was charging, you know, stamps for their tea or extra taxes and stuff like that. They, the number one reason that they were at odds with um, the British people were because of their allowance of a central bank in their government. And they understood Uh, the American settlers and those who came over here, they understood the importance of separating from that type of construct um, so that the direction of the government and the country was truly decided by the people and not manipulated by political biases within government, and especially where economy and monetary policy is concerned. So um, yeah, let's, let's talk about Trump because um, you know that's that's where I went off into this tangent. Um, but um, as I was saying i've been I've been awake to these ideas for quite some time. Um, whenever the 2016 elections happened, um, I will tell you right out, um, definitely Trump did not have my vote. Um, I did not support him. Um, I honestly felt that he was a shill and that he was a ringer and that he was going to throw the election for Hillary Clinton. Uh, especially since I was aware that they had been, you know, friends in the past or at least... That was the perception that was presented to us. So... In fact, he even admitted that they were, you know, they hobnobbed in the past. But um, that was just, I believe, part of his place, his role to play at that time, um, because he was um, a mogul, a media mogul. He was uh, an entrepreneur. He had nothing to do with politics. So it was safe to say, I think, for himself that he could intermingle with varying parties. But once he chose a political side, Um, Once the sleeper cell for the Patriots had awakened, um, he definitely showed his teeth. And uh, Well, history is writing itself now as we speak, and I think we should all be excited to know that a lot of pivots in our history books are happening now. And we'll be reading about them in the future, so take your notes, uh, because if you don't, you're going to have to listen to this show to kind of figure out what the heck is going on out there. And, um, you know, that's part of the reason why I feel like I'm here, Um, and that is just to assist with the awakening for those who may not fully understand what is going on, and why the entire script of their life has been turned around. Because let's face it, the cognitive dissonance that a lot of people are facing when they start hearing the truth about, you know, what exactly the Democrat Party is, or even how the Republicans have, you know, treated um, certain um, parties or certain people in their base or otherwise, um, because. Both parties are uh, guilty of negligence, and both parties are guilty of hate in their own right. It just so happens that if you look and study the history of the party, it just it sucks that the Democratic Party basically was a ruse to get um to get a political voting body that they could always depend on um, and unfortunately they exploited the ones that they um, held in contempt for so long you know whether that was uh, the the uh, black American population or the um, Hispanic American population um, they've done nothing short of Exploiting us for so long and using us to keep themselves in power, causing division within this country. So, I mean, I would encourage you to look back into um, the Democratic Party, some of the main players, and that's not to say that they were all bad. Um, we cannot be absolutists here, y'all. We cannot say that any one person or any one party is 100% bad or 100% good. Uh, Because there are so many factors that we have to consider around what caused that occurrence. Um, Everything is a case-by-case situation, but it's just unfortunate that when you look back at the history of the Democratic Party, unfortunately, a lot of the main players and a lot of the main uh, policies even worked against the people that they were saying that they were serving and they worked against the ideas that they conveyed to their constituents. So it's really been a party of lies and a sham party. Um, And it's done nothing but kept our country divided. So uh, I don't really know where all that came into existence. Um, I I don't know the 100% history on how um, like uh, Black Americans or Hispanic Americans or any other culture, got pulled into believing that the Democratic Party was the party that you had to vote for if you were anything but Caucasian or if you were, you know, I don't know, uh, any type of minority. Um, that's just always the way it's been. I remember when I was growing up. Um, I can't. I come from, a, um, you know, a, a family that does not hold political viewpoints. I mean I'm sure they have their opinions, but ultimately they don't honor them and they don't act on them. Um, so I didn't have much of a political understanding growing up or how any of that type of uh, that side of life worked. but uh, I'll never forget you know one time working and uh, let's see where was I I was working at a, I was working at a bakery um, at, a, at a hotel. Um, in downtown San Antonio and uh, this must have been about the time that Obama was um, running for president or it might have been uh, the election prior to that but um one of the customers had come in and was talking to me about, you know, what was going on politically and then asked where I stood or what party I was a part of. And I told her, I, I mean, I really didn't know. And she said, well, I mean, you're probably Democrat is what she said. And she said it in that way where you knew that she was saying because you're, you know, Hispanic um, or you're a minority <laughs> um, or whatever it was that she perceived to me that she felt that that is the case. And that just goes to show that that stigma or that perception has always been in existence, um, <laughs> prior to my birth anyways. But, um, yeah, it's interesting stuff to think about. But do know that there is a mass awakening happening right now around the globe, not just in America. Uh, we're not being told about the Paris riots, the France riots that are going on over there and. the By now, I think they're probably almost on week number 30, where the people of that country are going out, and not just in Paris, but in cities all across the country. They're going out, and Saturdays are their days of rage, their days of protest, where they go and they take it to the streets, and um, it's been getting more and more violent as the weeks have gone on, but that's the way that the French handle it. And you're not being told about it, because guess what? They don't want you to have the idea that you could do the same thing. So just know that globally this awakening is happening. Globally, people are awakening to what type of business the central banks of the world are running and what they've been doing. Um, It's why we fought for an audit for so long. Like I said, Trump, he was not my dog in the race. My dog in the race was Rand Paul. Oh God, it would have been awesome to have seen a Trump-Paul ticket, but that couldn't work just because um, I think... Rand is probably too far to the right to what Trump is trying to do to unite the parties in the country. Um, I think eventually Trump would have gone with Rand's ideas, but um, it would have had to have taken time and... He couldn't have cut the head off the snake as quick as he, Rand Paul. I mean, or Rand's father, Ron Paul, could have or would have preferred to have done. I, I really do feel like if Ron or Rand had gotten into office, they probably would have just closed down um, all the agencies that they wanted to immediately, without even uh, maybe considering some type of um, segue for uh, the people who have been caught in those um, in those programs. Um, but. Um, uh, Rand Paul was the person I was voting for. Uh, Trump was a ringer, and uh, like I said, he he uh, he awakened. I guess he he's I awakened to him. It feels like uh, because I I started learning and a lot of information started coming to me um, regarding what was really going on with him um, and his family and the government and. In a nutshell, I mean, a lot of people do um, praise Trump for the work that he's done, but I I do feel it's important to note that he is not the only one who is um, working on this premise, this idea, this war. Um, He's merely the spearhead of it. He's the figurehead. Um, But I I do believe if, if uh, the information that's come to me is accurate that uh, the military is the one who set most of these plans in place and, um, who, um, initiated a lot of the executions of these plans. So there's something to keep in mind. Um, we'll talk more about it, trust, um, as this, um, blog cast or podcast, uh, grows and flourishes Um, we'll see how long it runs Um, voice of the people ran as long as it needed to run at least until i felt that i had said enough and enough of my energy and knowledge um, had infiltrated the uh, energy waves and the airwaves of the world Um, and the 100th monkey syndrome worked and now everyone knows what a central bank is and everyone knows that the federal reserve has nothing to do with our government. Uh, They're not a government agency. They are a private company who does banking for America and charges us interest on money that they make out of nowhere. Anyone else who did that would be thrown in jail for counterfeit. Anyways, okay, so I don't want to get too much on that tangent because that's not what we're about here, at least not yet. We're not talking about uh, central banks. There's a lot of stuff coming up with them, though, especially with the things that Trump Trump is doing with them um, and the way that he has manipulated their game, Um, and we can talk about that in a future episode as well. Um, Some of the ploys and some of the things that they did to do what they are doing and how Trump took those exact same tools and used them against them and basically cornered them. Um... They have not wanted an audit because they know if they are audited that it may be discovered by the American people that they are not exactly doing just business for the American people, um, but they are actually uh, working with the central bank networks around the world that are part of their families or their businesses or whatever, whatever have you. They're all so associ- they're associated. Um, and whatever that whatever it is that they're doing there, like there was an instance where like billions of dollars went from one central bu- from ours here in America to another country. And we don't even know why. I don't know what country it was. Um, I can go try and look it up. But that is something that is going to be posed to them eventually. Um, Because, again, why would they be sending X amount of money to a political adversary or a country that doesn't exactly agree with uh, what we're doing here in the United States of America? So stuff to keep in mind again. Um, your worldview is about to change, and I encourage you to stick around. Um, and uh, any questions or concerns you may have, I'm sure there's going to be contact here on the screen. Um, and I will be back to share with you um, our first real episode um, coming up very soon. Uh, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this inaugural podcast episode of... Queer Voice. Once again, my name is Michael Aaron Casadis, and um, I will be signing off now, and I thank you all for joining me today. Y'all have a great one. We'll talk to you later. Don't forget, stay positive, stay in love, stay in the light. Have a good one.